so this morning I had an idea that we should make a planetarium for my dog Clifford. So under the table, we I took a bunch of utensils. Like I have a cup over here with a cool pattern on it. I have a cookie cutter, um, a strainer, a spatula, some plastic bags, and we're gonna I'm gonna make a pattern on the big screen of the kitchen table for my doll. It was really fun. <laughs> to episode 11 of Play and Art Podcast. We are once again sitting around the red kitchen table um, with our team and just having a nice conversation. We started already um, and we'll, we're going to invite you to join us to, uh, to talk a little bit about, about art and play. Good morning and it's really wonderful to always to be here and to speak with you and our listeners. I appreciate our listeners. Absolutely. Uh, I just wanted to mention that kids are my art teachers. Kids have always been my mentors. Kids have always been my resource and inspiration. And uh, being home now under the coronavirus circumstances, um, I have a chance more and more to observe children. So to learn art teaching, you need to be able to observe children. And uh, Not just at school, but in their natural habitat. Of oh, absolutely. <laughs> home and outside, well, all of those somewhat, places. <laughs> so, somewhat natural in their quarantine habitat, but yes, in their natural habitat, in their home studios. I call their right. room their home, their studio. Their bathtub, when they play in the bathtub, their studio. So to observe all of that. And um, hopefully outside too now. Uh, that's the one thing that's nice is, you know, as the weather gets nicer now, we can go outside and we have a lot of, yeah. a lot of space to, to create outside, which is wonderful, hopefully for, for some of us who are yeah, this, this It's not student teaching, it's not art education classes, it's really observing children and uh, them playing outside is of course a very important part of that because yeah. generally kids play with stuff with all kinds of things and contemporary art the change in art the new in art comes from new stuff it doesn't come from old art supplies I think an art supply store or an art supply catalog uh, features the old in art, what was, what has been done, what has been used. But kids will pick up all kinds of things and then lead it towards new art ideas. This is a wonderful time for that because I'm seeing a lot of, uh, you know, packages and things being delivered to, to us, but uh, the insides of the packages 
um, are very exciting, you know, as the outside. So there's a lot of uh, wonderful packaging foams and boxes and things that um, have stayed in stayed in our house longer than than usual, um, creating all kinds of forts and and other and other play areas. So um. kids seem to know what comes in and what goes out. For sure, they, they will <laughs> warn you not to touch that, but it's mine, and claim it and. Um, Claim it with ideas also. If you yeah. listen, the ideas will be just rolling freely off their tongues, you know, if you ask them what they're going to be using it for. Yeah. Um, it's our one connection, I feel like, to the outside world to some extent is the boxes that come in, right, from different yes. places that we're ordering from. So, right. um, you know, utilizing all of it becomes more and more valuable. So it's... It's exciting. I'm seeing a lot of that also on uh, Facebook and Instagram and all of that. People and kids, everybody making things out of, um, you know, what they have and what comes in every day. So that, that can be very exciting. If we remove the traditional art supplies, there is a sense also of simplicity. And the simplicity of forms that kids use, the simplicity of finds that they dedicate to art or use as um, exploratory medium. So when we see, compare it always to what's going on in school and how different that is, where we spend three weeks in wrapping up a balloon and then it becomes, well, still a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm talking about paper mache. mache, mache yes. I know it's like <laughs> the Se Seinfeld show with the paper mache. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, the, the complex school processes that we're trying to teach the children, the old processes that we're trying to teach in detail to children, versus the simple things that they pick up. And the, more, the, the, the simplicity of the things contributes to having the kids being able to add more of themselves, more of their own ideas. And the simplicity also has the familiarity to it, where they are dealing with objects that are not meant to be art supplies, but then taking the step of bringing them into the arena of uh, creative tools. Yeah, I find as my myself as an artist, I find the simple very difficult. In fact, that's one of the things I'm concentrating on right now is trying to uh, be more and more simple in in my ideas and my approach to to what I'm doing. Always a struggle since the very beginning. I tend to want to, you know, put as much information on the page as possible, right? <laughs> and then I'm annoyed with myself for putting too much on the page and trying to simplify it back a little bit. Um, and it's a constant struggle between. Um, the simple and complex. Also in my own home life, I feel like that's the same thing, right? I have a, a small space and yet I want it very simple, but yet I put a whole bunch of tchotchkes in the room, yeah. you know? And it's, so it's, it's that going between the simple and complex. Um, and I feel like it's, it is almost this trying to go back to a very simple way of doing things that's really beautiful um, that I think children have probably more of a, a, a you know, a feeling towards than, than I do and I'm trying to to get back there somehow very hard when I spend you know many years now complicating my life and that I um but this is a good time you know during this time where we're home and we're um we are more contemplative to go back to the simple and and see how I can uh, stop myself 
which is really what I feel like I have to do most good, of the time. <laughs> good, good point. I think art supplies, traditional art supplies that are bought and um, 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 it, it, art teaching in general, if we don't watch it, can complicate art and actually um, lose track of the beauty of the simplicity and um, how little you can fill into that empty glass of your own thoughts and own possibilities mm-hmm. once you are given this, this very complicated path. Um, a cup. <laughs> Do you have cups? You got cups? <laughs> well, just the simple cups all around the house, which are paper, plastic, um, coffee cups, different shapes, sizes, and the kids, you know, we always have extra cups. And uh, offering these treasures to the children, and they will find things without an art lesson to play with the cups and make things with these cups that are amazing. Um, so again, a very simple form turned into uh, an upside-down world which becomes art. And everything is a play block, so certainly any simple form is a play block for the, for the children. So got cups, <laughs> got envelopes. We always have envelopes of all kinds at home, small, large. There's an envelope now uh, in the, uh, that I noticed in the uh, stationery store that's, um, I think it's almost five foot by four feet. Wow, that's you impressive. You can actually climb in and mail yourself. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's fascination and, and great possibilities. Again, without an art lesson, but thoughtful kids, playful kids, pushing the envelope <laughs> of envelopes uh, when you have um, um, a number of these um, collections of, of, um, uh, of envelopes. Um, got fancy boxes, as you said yourself. One of my great memories is this eyeglass case, which um, I um, had. It's an old eyeglass case, and I brought it into class to show the kids as a work of art, but they wanted to play with it and make things with it. And I said, well, well tough decision, but I did <laughs> share it, <laughs> and uh, the art is more important than my collection. And they made amazing uh, playhouses and, and all kinds of... Um, um, Poly pocket size. Poly pocket size <laughs> constructions from that. Yeah. Um, I think so much of this is allowing for it, you know? I mean, not saying these are my cups and I need them for, you know, X, Y, and Z, but to say, hey, would you like some cups? You could use it within yeah. your artwork. Um, how, how amazing is that for a kid, you know, either at home or at school, um, to share that with them and to let them know that they are allowed to use it. Yes. Um, and that, that, I think that's a huge part of it. As soon as they know that they're allowed um, in the classroom, you know, I know the first couple of weeks of school, can I do this? Am I allowed to do this? There's a lot of that going on. And then by, you know, the third or fourth week, they know that they can do it. They know that they can use the cups. They know they can use the boxes and the envelopes. They have that freedom. And they're not asking every second, uh, can I, should I, how do I? All of that. So I think um, allowing for that space as a teacher is really, really important because all of a sudden they they start seeing all of those things very differently. They start seeing them as having possibilities. Um, and it really is up to us on that respect because if we're not allowing for it and we're saying no, 
when they ask for the cups every time, then they eventually think, okay, well, then I guess, hey, this is not, this is off limits. This is not something I can use, right? But if you say, you know what, you can have some cups, you can have some of this, it's okay, use it in your artwork, I get it. Um, what a gift to a parent, isn't it? Right, it is. It is. You think you need to buy hundreds of dollars worth of gifts, but sometimes it's just allowing for the creativity and the small things. Um, that's really the, the largest gift. So, um, you know, you I get guess. something in like a box and some uh, bubble wrap, you know, say you want to use this for your artwork, I you know. I have some extra. I have some extra, you know, all of that. Very important. Um, just the way that we have that dialogue um, and allow for some of those things. Can the be. respect for the young artist in school and the respect at home that you're looking out for them, that you're willing to share with them, that you consider everything as a play possibility. Yeah. It's a great example. Yeah. But I guess quarantine maybe teaches, teaches uh, the children what we try so hard to teach in class, in play teaching, um, which is that the class is an art supply store. Their home is an art supply store. They go in the backyard, as you said, and the world becomes an art supply store. And it's authentic art when they find something in the world mm -hmm. and uh, translate it into art. You know, it's, it's not made from oil paints. It's not made with fine brush strokes. It's really made from discoveries and great ideas that are everywhere. And yeah. that's what the freedom that we want to open up art to with the children, that it comes from everywhere. Um, and I'm seeing more and more of that, which is just, I don't know, right now it's so much fun to see what people are doing. I saw a lot of great uh, making paints out of you know, different uh, blueberries and different things in the kitchen and outside and all kinds of wonderful things, which, you know, something that we've seen before, but you're actually seeing more and more of that, you know, as people are improvising. Um, which is great, you know, you don't know if kids have paint at home, so let's talk about maybe, you know, how we can make some of those things and have them come up with ideas, and um, there's more of a dialogue like that than ever before, so. My um, contribution is, is very often uh, saying, uh, got spare parts, <laughs> anybody want spare parts? <laughs> because I love spare parts myself, and I'm always collecting and not throwing out uh, springs or, or um, um, wires or, or nuts and bolts that are interesting. So I always have spare parts. My wife's contribution, I would say, is, um, well, I remember the last one is she was cleaning out her jewelry boxes. And these were the old Bakelite jewelry boxes with many levels that fold in and out. And it was just fascinating for the children to move their dolls into it, to move their play figures into it, and create this multi-level, many floors of art museums and um, uh, playhouses that can actually have this wonderful motion of many drawers just infinitely folding out and folding out yes. these jewelry boxes. Um, got foil. <laughs> no. uh, and just, again, simple things. The, the, the foil uh, shared with the kids is a, a great metal arts product. Mm -hmm. and um, um, It's so important because one of the things that's always my big pet peeve um, 
online again is that you see people you see our teachers always asking well I have a hundred of this what do I do with it you know I have a hundred springs what do I do with it yes. um, and that's always one of my big pet peeve questions because I'm like why are you asking other art teachers what they want to do with this because why don't you ask the actual artists the students in your class what they want to do with it because they're gonna come up with a million different ideas uh, for what this could possibly be right um, so I think that's really important to always turn to the artist once again and not um, you know, if you have the, the springs and you have the boxes and all of this stuff um, you know I could definitely tell you ideas of what to do with it but that's not that's my art that's stuff that I would incorporate into my own art practice and not necessarily what uh, a 10 year old would do with it right so I think that's important I guess one of the lessons is in uh, play based art teaching is uh, uh, to differentiate between children's art and adult art, between letting go of our ideas and uh, cheering and supporting and uh, making sure that the children's ideas are valued and progress in your class and anything that we can do to make that happen. Yeah. Definitely one of the hardest things, right, to actually give students the baton to hand that over and not play teacher every time right yes. and to, to value their ideas but a very important part of this for sure once you do it's going to change your art teaching but not of course what that does is you're not leaving the impression that the teacher knows the answers that it has been done before that she just needs to convey the techniques to you and there you got it. There you have it. There is your art. Yes. <laughs> so this misleading notion of what art is is something coming from our own ideas ourselves, within ourselves, within our uh, plans and thoughts, versus somebody else's being uh, taught how to do uh, uh, somebody else's uh, project and ideas. So yeah, separation and respect for the ability, just the ability to trust, which I always mention in the, in the child, um, is, is huge in our teaching. And the kids know when they're respected, the kids know when their ideas are valued and asked for, they can share and show and tell their ideas. And um, when their notes and their little sketches for possibilities brought into class, their finds brought into class, become the art lesson, not somebody else's prescribed art lesson of what to do and how to do it. Yeah. And so much of our job at that point is, you know, kind of helping them to figure out how to, um, how to see some of these things through. I find that I, I'm... Uh, always helping brainstorm in the classroom, right? How one thing will work, you know, with another to, to form something or uh, something, you know, feels like it's going to fall down. How do we keep it up? Like all of these things, you know, all of these creative moments, I feel like so much of what I do is um, helping them to, to see some of their ideas through. We are great assistants. As parents should be great assistants and, and interested assistants. Yeah. So children can see that you are interested in supporting that idea and they can direct in how you should be holding it or helping it to, uh, um, they, the helping hand should be directed by the artist and you mm -hmm. take the assistant role, not the lead role of this would be a better way, this would be a, 
a shortcut. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, the notion of, of, of simplicity, I, um, to go back to, um, I love to share, and there's al- there are always extra. You go through the drive-in, you know, and you, you take one packet of, of forks, knives, and spoons, the plastic utensils, but there are always two or three packets there, <laughs> and the children eagerly take it and make some of the best works from these plastic utensils or the um, um, condiment and sugar packets that, oh, well, we can take one, but then you take many, and the kids come up with fantastic ideas from these finds. Um, uh, we constantly, it seems in my house, I don't know, this is one of my um, main issues in the house, that you never have Tupperware containers. <laughs> You only have a thousand in your house, but the lid never fits the container, and the container is always for the wrong brand, and it never, never quite matches. So you're always in frustration. You throwing out the Tupperware pieces, which are amazing building blocks, and the kids would love to have it. Only they're asked, "Would you like some Tupperware pieces?" <laughs> so on your way to the trash, always think twice, three times, four times, you know, in what you're throwing out before asking the children. Mm -hmm. Because some of the best art I have seen, some of the finest architecture and and experimental pieces of sculpture and uh, performance art from the Tupperware pieces. Plus they're water resistant, so I mean, how much better can (laughs) Well... <laughs> I've seen a lot of them when we uh, yeah. open up the little pools, right? Yes. There's a lot of those that that make it in there just because they're so wonderful. They're uh, they're, they're water resistant. But I'm sure Tupperware has influenced many of our great architects who are dealing with the curtain wall and the see-through windows um, and the open spaces yes. <laughs> that we cherish today. They probably were started by Tupperware players. And if we go back, most of modern art has been started by um, children playing. I'm sure uh, these great birthday presents that Christo wrapped up when he was a child eventually did end up being larger structures and islands and um, parks being wrapped up. But they were just innocent birthday presents. My kids always, you, yourself, always wanted to wrap up your own birthday present. Yeah. So this love of wrapping things, you know, and uh, any any one of the um, contemporary artists, although the kids don't get credit for it, um, their vision has started uh, setting the dinner table. Judy Chicago, God bless her, <laughs> you know, was that really her idea? I mean, <laughs> when children have set tables in magnificent art canvases for so many generations. So I'm sure little Judy has been busy at setting up uh, tables for parents and parties in her home 
way before the <laughs> the dinner party the happened. Dinner party <laughs> happened. Yeah. So um, it is interesting to think of how you can trace some of these things back yeah. to childhood, to inventions like plastic, which was a very big one, right? Yes. Um, for the art world, for the architecture world, yes. um, you know, tracing back block playing to architects and Frank Lloyd Wright and right. um, all of these people. So I think that's really important. The to think about that we've been doing that as, as kids for a long time, making art, and to, to understand the history of that. So, Frederick Froebel, who was um, credited with a uh, great educator, but also... Inventor of kindergarten. Inventor of <laughs> kindergarten. Um, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright's mom actually speaks very highly of Froebel and had all of Froebel's brocks and uh, Wright was never a trained architect of going to architecture school. That's why his buildings leak and do all kinds of crazy <laughs> things because that's be not my that. business. <laughs> but uh, he grew up. He grew playing. up on Foible's kindergarten, yeah. He, playing he with brought blocks. up, yes, on, on block playing. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine that uh, Philip Johnson, you know, the. The glass house was brought up on Tupperware playing, and so it's these these simple forms that uh, kids collect, have their eye on, would love to explore with. Um, it's something that we simply need to make sure that they get into their hands. Yeah. Well, we hope everyone has a good week. We hope that you have some time uh, to play outside and. Uh, maybe with some good tup go through your Tupperware uh, drawer, right, and see see what doesn't have lids, and maybe bring that uh, to your own kids or the kid next door, or maybe uh, save it for your classroom um, in the fall. Um, we appreciate you spending some time with us around the red kitchen table. We just like to thank a few people. We'd like to thank Danielle Mandelbaum who does our uh, wonderful intro every week. She's fabulous. Uh, we'd like to thank Jacob Sikeli who does the music. Uh, that transitions us in, and uh, David Parcell, who does our editing. So we hope everyone has a good week, and we'll speak to you next week. Have a great week. Have a great week.